Hello and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN, and this is the last episode of the Take 10 Podcast before football season gets underway in the Big 10 in 2019. So uh, we've made it, everyone. The uh, long track through the wilderness is over. Big 10 football is back. Unfortunately, that also means summer's over, but that's a different point. Um, we can handle that because football is back. And in this episode, we are putting a bow on the summer because we're wrapping up our coverage of the 2019 BTN bus tour here on the show. So if you haven't been following along, I do an interview with a player from each school on the BTN bus tour when we uh, go around to all the campuses and watch football practice. So this is episode four out of four where we've uh, bundled three or four interviews into each episode and this episode covers the last three schools on 2019 edition of the tour so three quick interviews uh about 10 to 15 minutes each coming at you here first we uh, start in iowa city with hawkeyes defensive end chauncey golson then we go to illinois with uh usc transfer olawali bitiku Interesting guy to get to know, uh, especially we don't get many transfers on the show, so that was kind of unique. And uh, he, had a, he had a really cool story. And then wrapped it up in Evanston, up the road with J.R. Pace. And he's uh, also uh, interesting and, and definitely a talkative guy that was fun to get to know. So like with all these guys, um, I, I had a great time interviewing them. It's crazy that another bus tour is in the books, and uh, I hope the audience out there enjoys hearing about these uh, these football players as much as I enjoyed extracting those answers and personalities from them. So we'll start, like I said, in Iowa City, get to Chauncey Golson, and move along from there. So the interview with the Iowa Hawkeyes defensive end starts right now. I'm very pleased to be joined in Iowa City following Iowa Hawkeyes football practice by Iowa defensive end Chauncey Golson. Chauncey, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going good. Just finished practice. Yeah, fin- finished practice. Uh, we're tucked away here in one of your state-of-the-art meeting rooms here in the practice facility. And, and as I walked in, I couldn't help but notice there's like a, a Chinese piece of art, a painting hanging above the door. What, tell me what the deal is with that. What's going on? Okay, so our old D-line coach uh, from last season, Reese Morgan, Coach Morgan. Yeah, so every, every spring we have like uh, coaches from a football league over in China or whatever. Like they come over and like they bring gifts sometimes, and they brought uh, Coach Morgan his gift and it says "Fall down seven, get up eight. That's pretty cool. I remember that quote. I think Dwayne Wade like made that his branding quote a while ago when he yeah. came up, but I didn't know it was like an ancient Chinese quote as well. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> you uh, you don't really expect to see that you know in the middle of Iowa, but it's very it's a nice little cultural gift, a cultural mm-hmm. landmark here. Uh, another question I have for you, unrelated to football. I don't know, you probably don't remember because <clears throat> all these days blend together, but we're here pretty much the same day every year for this bus tour. Mm-hmm. And three years in a row, the weather outside has been terrible. It's like a monsoon. <laughs> we're stuck inside, and it's been like thunderstorms. I woke me up at 6 a.m. What's going on with these weather patterns, man? <laughs> I have no clue. I was talking to our trainers about that earlier. Well, actually, yesterday, because I had checked the weather, and it, I saw it was supposed to rain. And I was like, yep, every year that they come, it's been raining. So you did remember it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, it feels like we never left. It feels like I just repeated the same day over and over again. Like, it's a deja vu thing going on, Groundhog Day. Yeah, but last year we were actually outside. Yes, so I remember that too. Different. Right, Kirk kept us outside because I don't think there was lightning last year. Like, mm-hmm. this year there was storms and lightning like crazy. Last year, Kirk was like, nah, we're, uh, 
we're rolling outside. Have you had any of those bad weather days yet this uh, this summer where you guys just have to, to tough it out in the elements? Uh, not really, like, from rain or anything. I know, like, so we do, like, a big conditioning day on Fridays during the summer. And one day was, like, 107 or something. It was, like, really hot. So we, like, started a little earlier. So, like, we wouldn't die out there. Right. But those are the worst, man. I can't stand, like, the humi- humidity, the heat. Mm-hmm. We got in here yesterday, and it was hot. Went outside, immediately started sweating. So <laughs> uh, I feel bad for you guys actually doing real, real hard work. Um, we'll move on now to... A little bit of your background, Chauncey, you're a Detroit kid, right? Yeah. From Detroit, born and raised? Mm-hmm, inside right. of Detroit. All right, so tell me something about growing up in Detroit that, like, non-locals wouldn't know about or understand. Like, what what's something growing up there you'd have to kind of experience to, to know about? Uh, let's see, let's see. Um, something I had to, you would have to experience? Yeah, just what's it like? I couldn't really tell you. Like, Detroit, to me, is just home. Like, people like, is it a bad place? No, to me, it's just home. It's, it's just, like, normal. There's nothing, like, like when I got to Iowa, like, Detroit is, like, more fast-paced. I got here, it's a little slower. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a lot slower because it's not much of a, a big city. But, like, the, the, food, the food in Detroit is, is like, way better. That's, but, that's one thing, you know, the style yeah. of food that you have to understand. Like, mm-hmm. what's... I know you guys got like the Jets pizza, the square pizza style. Yeah, the, what's, what's the, the food? Detroit, what's the uh, style? Like? The yeah. Detroit deep dish. It's a lot of crust. It's like a lot of. It's more bread. It's not like the Chicago deep dish with all the sauce and stuff. So like when I do go to like pizza places, I don't get deep dish because it's too much. Right. That's that Detroit pizza sits kind of in the middle. That, mm-hmm. that, that Goldilocks. So what about the uh, other styles of food? Like what what else is kind of what did you enjoy eating growing up there, and what's the city kind of known for besides that pizza? Uh, I like, like, we have, like, a lot of restaurants. They're called Coney Island, and I, like, whenever I go home, I got to get some. Like, they they have all types of food. It's kind of like, uh, you could compare it to, like, diner food, mm-hmm. but, like, it's just way better. <laughs> they, don't, they don't quite have that here in Iowa City. No, no, okay. there's nowhere, like, <laughs> there's nowhere that compares. And then there's, uh... I see. Sweetwaters. They have some really, really good chicken. And then, like, they have a lot of good other stuff. I know you mentioned, you kind of touched on it, like, Detroit gets a bad rap or whatever. I, you know, I've been there briefly, and I enjoyed it. I think, like you said, there's a uh, vantage point that some people have that it isn't totally accurate. And like mm-hmm. you said, um, it, is a, it is home for a lot of people. It is a proud city. And, and you came up there pretty close to two Big Ten schools, Michigan Michigan State. Was there any interest on your end in, in trying to play there as a kid growing up? And was there interest on their end having you play? Obviously, you didn't end up close to home for college. So, so how did that uh, recruiting process happen? And was there any contact or mutual interest at all with those schools? Uh, I, I never really wanted to go to a school in Michigan. I wanted to go, like, out, be out of my element. So, like, Iowa was good for me. And I, never, I was never, like, really big into, like, Michigan or Michigan State. So that... Like, my school growing up, it was Oregon. So, like, okay. <laughs> growing up, already, I was already thinking about going to school really far away. So why was that? Was it because they had the swag? You know, like, yeah, they were, as we were growing up, like, that was, you know, they were just the Nike <laughs> and the, the neon. So they caught your attention then yeah, as a kid? Yeah, Oregon was, they were just everything that I wanted to be when I was younger. But then I grew up, and Oregon got bad. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And people, sometimes people bag on, like, the flashy uniforms and stuff and and. and all the different combinations and the out-of-the-box things that schools like that do, but clearly it has an impact. Like, it caught your attention mm-hmm. 
growing up made you want to play there. Yeah, really in a recruitment process, it really has an impact. Yeah, yeah, so that's what these old heads need to understand is that it, it, it's, a, it's a real thing. Um, all right, talking about football, since you are here at Iowa, last year was kind of a breakout year for you, right, as far as production on the field? Yeah. All right, so I'm looking over some stats. You had three fumble recoveries. That's the best in the Big Ten. I'm sure you knew that. Um, three and a half sacks, looks like, and uh, six tackles for loss. Those are those are starters numbers, but you didn't have a full-time starting role yet. You probably will this year. So, you know, how, how do you kind of have a nose for the ball and an act for big plays, do you think? Yeah, like some of those plays, like when we were watching film, I'd be looking at like some of AJ Sacks, and I'd be like, dang, I was just right there. It could have been my – but, uh, yeah. I'm I, like in where like as you can see like up there like ball hawks. Mm-hmm. It's like the people that like get to the ball and like get sacks and tips and stuff. And every like we do this every year as to like something to push you to like be better because if you're at the top then everyone gets to see that you're up there. So and Coach Parker really pushes like us to be ball hawks because you can't you can't make a play if you're not around the ball. Yeah, it's a good term, a fitting term here at Iowa, ball hawks. You're number two, looking at that list. I know people listening can't see it, but Epines is up there, number one. You're up there, number two. Um, like I said, impressive for someone who was still coming into their role last year. It's got to be uh, kind of a, a blessing to be able to play opposite AJ, right? You know, he yeah. kind of draws a little attention, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He's a he's a big guy. He's really cool, though. Absolutely. And um, what do you, what do you think about how your role might grow this year now that you've kind of established yourself? Uh, well, first off, like, my role as a leader, it has to change. Well, it, like, it really impacts my role as a leader because, like, last year we had, like, four seniors, and, like, they were the leaders, and they were they really, like, groomed us, me and AJ and uh, Cedric and uh, Brady Reef. They, like, groomed us to be, like, the leaders and to lead this group uh, the same way that they did. So uh, our, def- our defensive line can have an identity. For sure. And just thinking outside of defense and, and kind of talking about the whole team, do you guys at Iowa ever feel kind of overlooked as far as national like attention goes? Because I feel like Wisconsin gets a lot of attention. Nebraska's got a lot of hype, even though um, they had a losing season last year. And, you know, Iowa sometimes, I think, I think the fans would say, you know, they, they don't get sometimes the respect they deserve. Is there a mentality here about that, or do you guys not really pay attention to that at all? I'm like, Playing at Iowa, you know you're the, that you're going to get uh, overlooked. But at the end of the day, you have to line up and play. So, right, like the pe- people can say whatever they want. They're not out. They're not in there in a weight room lifting the weights on the practice field with you. So they can say whatever they want. At the end of the day, it's just their opinion. All right, switching away from football now as we as we get close to wrapping up. Uh, when I do these interviews on the road with guys, and you know I only get ten minutes or so, I try to look into their their Twitter profiles to see what they tweet about, you know, what, what their interests are. And I was a little unique because you guys don't really tweet over here. Uh, you haven't tweeted since 2016, but you, I was looking through your likes. You're still on Twitter and active. You're liking things every uh, every day pretty much. So yeah. how do you have that discipline? One, not to hit, is it hard to, like, to scroll through not, and not tweet anything but still be present on the platform? Uh, I've never really been, like, super big into Twitter. Okay. So, like... Why do I need to let you know what I'm doing? Why do I need to update you? But you are on it though. Like yeah, I see, like, you I, I, see yeah. I see like what other people are doing, and I like okay. mostly like like funny uh, videos and stuff like that. But I don't need to update the world on like what am I doing? Like I don't need to say oh on my way to go get some coffee. <laughs> like, what about like Instagram and Snapchat? Do you 
one, are you guys allowed? Is there rules against Instagram like there's for Twitter? Because you guys can't be on Twitter. On, you can't tweet, right? Yeah, we can't tweet. Okay. And that's just to stop, like, you know, when people get mad, they want to go on Twitter rants and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. People yeah. are in, in players' mentions all the time. Mm-hmm. It's tempting. Yeah. And, like, on Instagram, is just on all social media. It's like, would your mom, like, mm-hmm. how would your family feel about you posting that? Mm-hmm. That's really, like, the rule. There's, like, not a written rule, but it's unwritten. And my coaches, even in high school, they were like that. So it's nothing so new to me. So you've been brought up in that social media mindset. Mm-hmm. You might be in the best shape of all of us then because uh, you know, my friends and people around me will tell, tell anyone that I'm addicted to my phone. So you've kind of able to swear that off. So that's a good thing. You should yeah. be proud of yourself for that. Uh, all right, Chauncey, wrapping up, just with a couple of personal interest questions. Uh, what are some of your hobbies outside of football? Like, Do you have any... Do you have any shows you watch? You know, is there certain uh, certain artists you like listening to? What's what's some of your hobbies outside of? Um, let's see. I don't know, like I hang out with my teammates. We like play the game a lot, but not a lot, but oh, when we can. Video games? Yeah. Like what? Uh, we play like Apex Legends. We play Fortnite, but I don't really like that. It's, that kind of went out of style now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not into all the building and stuff. Okay. Uh, we play Call of Duty and Madden, but like they play 2K. I'm not a 2K player. It's not for me. What I've noticed is, like, on the tour, a lot of guys have been um, really stubborn one way or the other on Xbox or PS4. Uh, is, do, you, do you have a strong preference either way? I have both, but I only play my PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> like, I did not even know, like, that was such a big thing, because I, yeah. I don't play as many video games as I did coming up, growing up. Um, but apparently it's, like, a big rivalry, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> one of my, my roommate, like, he always said, like, I'm always on my PlayStation when I do play the game, and he has an Xbox, so he's like... Bro, you can't. Why are you playing that system? It's trash. Don't, don't even play that around me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, now I know. So I've, I've been educated a little <laughs> bit on that. Uh, Chauncey, to wrap up, I ask a question to every player I talk to at each stop. Um, since we're, you know, usually spend some time on campus, got to know where the good places to eat are. We already talked about the food in Detroit. Fill me in on, even though I know you said it's not as good as Detroit, fill me <laughs> on some good places, some of your regular spots, where to eat in Iowa City. Uh, let's see. Uh, well,. The other day we had like a day off, and I went to Airliner. It's pretty good. It's got really good pizza. I think I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's uh, famous. I know that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I like sweet. Uh, not Sugar Peach. It's in North Liberty. It's not far away. That's really good. Um, let's see. You know what's big around here is uh, Pancheros. Pancho- uh, <laughs> you I'm don't not like a it. Pancheros guy. I'm not really. Like, what about Chipotle or Kidoba? Yeah, I like. Qdoba, if I could have Qdoba, I'd take that over both. But I, I had, like, if it's Fancheros and Chipotle, I'm going with Chipotle. I know, that's, I don't know how acceptable that is around here. You might want to lower your voice. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if that uh, gets you any discipline for not liking Fancheros. <laughs> that's an Iowa staple. But uh, appreciate your recommendations, man. Appreciate you taking some time and, and uh, having some fun on the podcast. Best of luck this season. We'll definitely be watching. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Chauncey fun to get to know him and uh it's also fun to get to know Olawali Bitiku who I only had to practice how to pronounce his name a couple times um he was patient with me so shout out to him for that and we'll throw it over now to the USC transfer current fighting Illini defensive end and we did it in the sparkling new Smith Football Center new facility down there in Champaign so interview with Olawali starts right now All right, very pleased to be joined in Champaign, Illinois, after fighting on a football practice 
by Illinois defensive end Oluwale Bitiku. Oluwale, how's it going, man? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. We're yeah. sitting literally right now in the lobby of the brand new Fighting Illini Performance Center. Give me your first thoughts, man. This is pretty sweet. We're at like the front desk right now. We could be the receptionist right now. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on everything uh, that's been unveiled here in the last week or so to you guys. I mean, it's beautiful, man. You know, when I uh, came here on my visit, uh, Coach showed me the, the video and the pictures of it, the prototype, and I never thought it would, it would look like this. You know, I, I saw the videos, but just seeing it in person and getting into the building, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. It's a great building. It has everything you need to be successful as an athlete. See, I mean, you came from a football powerhouse, USC transferred here. Um, does USC have anything like this as far as, like, facilities go? Well, it's kind of similar, but this is great, you know. They will have great facilities, but this is this is definitely top five in the nation. You know? How about just the overall vibe in central Illinois compared to Southern California? Like, that can't be that different, right? right. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing about that. I love EA Chappelle, that's what I'm saying. Great people. Uh, People here are like very, very nice. The uh, teammates are great. They accepted me like, uh, like I've, I've been one of them from day one. And you know, the strength coaches, the coaching staff. You know, you just it's just a different kind of vibe. Everybody just feels like family. And uh, everybody you see down the street in the cafeteria everywhere, you just feel like they're part of the football team. And, and it was a great vibe. Yeah, so there, there are a bunch of USC guys transferring over this year. How many of you, you guys made the move? It's like three of us. Three, okay. Um, you know, made made your way over for one reason, one reason or another. Uh, more playing time, what have you? Did, how did this kind of movement, this pipeline, get established? Did like word get out um, among one or two of you guys, and, and guys decided to make the move at the same time? How did uh, how did all three of you kind of end up here? Honestly, but with me, after my injury, I just wanted a change of scenery for myself. Like, you know, after playing, evaluating my career the first two years at USC and having a season-ending injury and sitting out the whole year, when I came back, I wanted to change and I wanted to, uh, I wanted, I wanted to play on a different team. And uh, I wanted to, I just wanted to change in my life. I wanted to play on a, on a different scheme of defense. And, you know, and uh, Coach Clark and Coach Kinado, they were with me when I was at U.S. in my first two years. And uh, when I put my name in the porter from the day one, they hit me up. And I, I was big on Illinois. So in the middle, I took my visit and I met with the team, you know, Jamal, Kenyon, Bobby Roundtree. We all hung out and we spoke about, you know, how we were, uh, the defense and what we're trying to do. And I just felt like, I, you know, this is where I fit in and this uh, I belong in. I belong in a big boy league like the Big Ten, and that's why I made the move. So, uh, have you used your, you know, your fellow USC teammates here? Have you guys kind of gotten acclimated to this new program together? Do you guys hang out? How is uh, how's the transition been? I mean, you know, me and Trevon, we took our visit together, and you know, after that day, we pretty much made up our mind. You know, me and him just spoke right when we're hanging out that night. We're like, "What do you think, bro? I think this is where I'm coming." And it was like, "Yeah, you know." And it was just, at that point, it was just who was going to be first to announce it. And Josh, and Josh made his decision too after taking his visit. But uh, you know, just being here with them just feels great. It just feels like nothing ever changed because me and Trevon we played each other in high school. Me and Josh we've been friends since we were in high school. We both Nigerians. Our parents know each other, so it's just a great feeling. Coach Clark, Coach Kinado, Coach Smith, everything is just perfect. You know? Yeah, you mentioned uh, you're Nigerian and you grew up in Nigeria. I read that yeah. you moved here uh, age 16, so you talked about how life at USC and on the West Coast was different. How was life in Nigeria different for you uh, coming up as a kid? 
I mean, as a kid, I didn't grow up with a lot, you know, um, but my parents were really humble and they worked hard every day and uh, it was just really different. I don't know how to explain it, you know, I don't like to uh, to uh, talk about a lot of my uh, my suffering because uh, it's a past, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, it was it was a tough life growing up in Nigeria, growing up in Lagos. I just learned to, uh, to work hard and, and uh, take advantage of every opportunity that's in front of me and that's what I've been doing. I've just been working hard and doing the best I can. So, my my future, my, in my future, my kids and everything—they're not gonna have to go through what I went through growing up. What uh, I guess necessitated your move to the U.S. How did you decide to to come over here, and how difficult was that transition? You know, getting used to a whole new uh, lifestyle in the U.S. I mean, it was very different. First of all, when I got here, it was hard to communicate because. Uh, my accent was really thick, like I had to repeat myself like five times. So I had to get used to being politically correct because uh, a lot of things that people don't see as an insult or being sensitive and they, like, you know, we're different. And when you come over here, you can't just say some things even though they sound right because uh, it can be seen as some kind of insult, but you don't know because you're not from here. Lost in translation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I got into a lot of like situations like that that sometimes I would just not talk because I just didn't understand how the system worked. But just from just uh, after a few years, I got used to it and I could express myself better. So I think I was, that was the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, man. I, I've i traveled overseas a little bit yeah. lately and just, like, I feel helpless because I usually have to rely on other people to translate the language for me. And I always have that respect and admiration for people who come over, start a new life or, or you know, start a new beginning, really, and have to basically figure it out as they go. And, and speaking of that, um, you don't have interests just on the football field. I've, re- I've read about some of your hobbies outside of mm-hmm. – uh, football um you know you're you're a musician and you're an artist and you're kind of self-taught in those regards right you kind of like just like with the language you kind of adjust and adapt so tell me about some of those interests out the football field i mean with, with uh, art and music i just felt like it's a gift i've always had it in me and uh i've never really had a chance to express it because when i was in nigeria i just had so many things I had to worry about, like food, like light, you know, I had to go get gas to put in the generator. Sometimes it might be a queue at the gas station and you got to be there for three hours. Like life was just so stressful that you couldn't really like express that other side of you. So when I got to the U.S. and getting to college was like my first spot where I could really get a room to myself ever in my life. And just having my own room and having my own space was I was just able to like, you know, really dig more into myself and find other things that's been in me that I haven't really had a chance to do and then I you know I got my first guitar I just started playing for fun because I like the sound of guitar you know I got carried away with blues music and uh when I was painting one day you know I started painting and I was listening to a lot of music and uh this music by I think the sky is crying came up and uh I was like, you know, I heard the the guitar solo, and I'm like, damn, I've never heard this type of music before. There has to be more. It was on YouTube, so I put the YouTube like playlist on, and it just kept playing more of that type of music. And from there, my painting got better listening to music like that because it was just chills, a longer vibe. It's like eight, ten minutes long. So uh, I decided to get my own guitar. My dream was to like, you know, play guitar and paint at the same time, and. I was I took it slow and step by step, you know, I got I got a, a piano, a keyboard and I said music production and everything just fell in place and I used my art as my artwork and you know, 
everything is just connected together. That's pretty. You know, it, that's pretty cool, man. And and I didn't even like think about this when I write my questions down. But like, did you learn football the same way? Because <laughs> it's not like football is a super popular sport in Africa. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So how how did you uh, start playing football? I mean, it was just interest. Like uh, when when I came here to play football, honestly, I never thought I would go this far in football. If you ask me, when I started playing, I thought it was just going to be a, a crossover for me to the United States and just come here and just hustle and try to send money back home to my family as much as I can. But you know, I, when I got here, it just I didn't I didn't know sports was this serious in the United States. You know, it was workouts every day, practice every day, and just from practicing every day, you know, I got better, and I, I was like. You know, I think I, I I can play this game, and I just kept going. And, I mean, first year was tough. I was wondering why everybody was coming to hit me when I was not the ball carrier. Because <laughs> I, I thought only the running back got hit. But I saw pullers coming to me. strange concept. Yeah, I know. yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of like uh, – with football, I think what affects me is I can't – you can't really use your creativity as much because you got to go by the playbook. And that was what I struggled with at first. But now that – you know, I've grown in the game. I kind of understand there's a reason why I have to shoot a certain gap. It doesn't have to be your play all the time, and uh, that, that came with time. Absolutely. Um, and then talking to Illinois specifically, you, know, you came from USC, mm-hmm. which is a proud program. Um, you just got here, so you haven't really gone through um, the losses of the last decade pretty much. Like, Illinois hasn't really had a great team mm-hmm. in you know, eight, ten years. Uh, and people are ready for for wins to start coming here. So, you know, we're sitting in this new facility, talked about how great that is. Mm-hmm. Now the on-field aspect has to come. So I, I saw an article uh, about you that quoted you saying, you know, people back home kind of, you know, mess with you or clown you, like, you know, you're about to go out there to lose mm-hmm. games here in Illinois. So people are obviously sleeping, in, sleeping on Illinois beyond the Big Ten and in the Big Ten too. Like a lot of people have Illinois picked last in the Big Ten. Why do you think you guys are uh, – capable of surprising some people and why do you think you can make a difference here as a transfer to help them do that i mean first of all we know we are as a team and we don't let what others say define us you know last season could not define us and like it's a different team is a every year is a different year and um we have a we we practice hard we really worked hard this off season this off season is what being one of my my uh this probably being my the hardest off-season I've had my whole entire life, like, you know, with Coach Lou's strength program and with the with the defense we have. You know, I'm confident in my teammates and we've worked so hard and we know who we are. That's just, that, that's all I'm going to say. And we, we, we don't let what people say define us because that was, you know, that was the past. We, we just look on the brighter side, which is the future, and we work hard towards it and we're motivated every day and we're ready to, uh, to take the big time by storm. You know, we, we don't. We're not going to say a lot. We're just going to go on the field and show what we're about. Well said, well said. Um, going to wrap up with a non-football question now. It's, it's a question I ask to every player I've talked to, and it's because, you know, on this tour we spend a lot of time in these campuses. we got to know where to eat on campus. And I know you're new. Like, if you can't answer this, like, it's okay. I might have to pick up the slack because yeah. I'm from here. I went to school here. Uh-huh. So I already kind of know some of these answers. But I'm, I'm curious to what you think. Like, where have you found that's a good place to eat here at the U of I campus? And where should we go um, when we're here? I mean, for me, I live off campus. So I'm only on campus mainly because of football class. But where I like to eat the most in Champagne. Like, I'll Uber there if I have to in between practice or, like, <laughs> when we get a little break. Is the Caribbean girl. 
There you go. Where, wait, where is Caribbean Grill? I know the name of it, but I've never had it. I don't think it's just uh, it's down the street. Okay, it's like four or five minutes away. But that's my favorite spot. They always have a special every day, and I I like spicy food. So see, I need to check it out. You're telling me about places I don't even I haven't even been to yet. Yeah, so you I'll, gotta check it out. Make I'll sure you get out. the fried plantains. Fried plantains. Okay, yeah. I got you. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking some time. Really fascinating story. Really, uh, you know story that you're able to tell here and we're glad you're doing it here in the big 10 here in illinois and we'll be uh eagerly following as, as like you said you guys take the big 10 by storm this year so appreciate it man all right thank you very much for stopping by i appreciate you stopping stopping on practice practice uh for sure man. thanks for having us all right thanks once again to owali bitiku for joining me moving along now to our final interview of the tour number 14 of 14 Grand finale capped off by JR Pace from Northwestern. Um, you'll hear it here, but JR is a guy with a lot of personality and it's fun to talk to and looks the part as well as, as kind of like a, a unique guy on their team with the red hair. I know you can't see it in the podcast, but uh, it just kind of accentuates his personality. So, toss it over now to JR. The Wildcats safety that interview with Mr. Pace starts right now. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined here in Evanston. Last stop, the BTM bus tour by Northwestern Junior J.R. Pace. J.R., man, how's it going? Going well. Excited to be here. Excited for the season to start. Good, good. So uh, when I was looking up, you know, some of your old stuff, some of your your old hype videos, you were the franchise back then. They called you franchise, but you just told me you don't go by that anymore. What happened? Why'd you retire the nickname? No, I just came to college. You know, I had to have the humble head when I got here. Um, didn't want anybody to think, you know what I'm saying, I was coming in with a big head, so, you know, I had to retire that. So it's JR now, or do you have another nickname? Uh, some of my friends call me Deuce. Deuce? Yeah, I'm All right. second. All right, I got yeah. you, I got you. Um, before we get into into the meat and potatoes here in the interview, gotta, I got to get your opinion on your guys' music selection out there. Like, it was pretty much straight up country, rock and roll, old school stuff. Like, are you guys vibing to that out there? Like, how do you uh, how do you like the music selection? Uh, it's Country Thursday, so... You can expect that every Thursday, and I don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? So what's the selection the other days, then? Uh, it just depends. It's not up to me. Uh, we have a dude who controls the music, so uh, it's, I guess the head coach let him know what to play. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't know if that was like Fitz's uh, personal personal playlist or anything like that. But oh, no. Nah, with the country, I was like, it might be, but uh, if, it, if it's like a theme for a day, I got you. Yeah. Uh, Penn State, we were there. They had Salsa Saturday, so like okay. similar theme. Uh, speaking of music, from College Park... Yep. Georgia. Yep. You old enough to remember the young jock lyric? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Like from College Park where they uh where they chalk college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like uh middle school for me. That was yeah, when, yeah. when that song came out. That's how I've heard of heard of your hometown. Um so talk talk me through how you came from College Park to Northwestern. How'd you kinda end up here from uh from the south, essentially? Yeah, I mean it was definitely a big this is a big change for me. Um you know, coming up is a way different culture, you know, just coming from the South. Um, you know, when I was just evaluating my offers and, you know, I talked over my family and, you know, we just felt like this was the best place for me. Um, you know, I thought it would also be good for me for a few years, you know, to go to a different scene, see something new, you know what I'm saying? And I've enjoyed my experience so far. And when you committed here, you had an uh, interesting hype video kind of to announce your commitment, a nice commitment video. I kind of made some waves. I watched it on the way, way over here this morning. Um, 
first of all, how do you like decide to make a video like that? Like, how, how did you decide that over like, you know, sitting at a table and picking a hat? Uh, I just thought that was kind of boring. I wanted to, you know, do something different, have a little fun. You know, I seen other people doing videos and I was like, oh, I just want to have some fun. I only get to do it once, so I was like, I might as well make a video, try to chronicle, you know, my life a little bit. Yeah, and in the video, you kind of narrated it and said uh, you were evaluated at a camp or something like that, given a 1% chance to get a D1 offer, ended up with over 20 D1 offers. Uh, first of all, what kind of camp was that? How old were you? And, like, what was your kind of immediate reaction to that kind of negative analysis you got? Uh, I think it was one like the Nike Spark camps or something. But, uh, I mean, immediately at the time, I was obviously frustrated stuff. But, you know, in retrospect, looking back on it, like, I mean, it made sense. I wasn't ready. I was. It was my first time um, playing defense, and, you know, I didn't really deserve any offers at the time, but it definitely gave me that chip on the shoulder, you know, that I needed to just go out and work and um, really get into that mindset of, you know, grinding for what you want if you want something. And for that video, did you, like, write the script to that? Because I, I, I got hype watching it, not going <laughs> to lie. It was, uh, it was pretty inspirational. Uh, my mama wrote the script. Yeah? Yeah. It was good. It was yeah. good. Give her a shout-out for that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of staying in high school a little bit more before we move on, I read that you played lacrosse in high school. Is that right? My freshman year, yeah, yeah. Okay, how how did that come about? And like, I, I didn't even know lacrosse was uh, was big at all in Georgia. How how did that how did that come about? Oh, uh, lacrosse is growing in the south. Um, but I had played uh, travel lacrosse too, so that was my first time. I played okay. AU lacrosse, and I don't even know how I got into. It. I guess my dad just you know putting us in sports. So we tried everything: played lacrosse, baseball, football, basketball, soccer. Um, and I kind of like lacrosse because the physicality of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Were you any good at it? Nah, I just got in to hit people. Okay. All right. What about any other sports? Do you have any uh, secondary sports that you like? Uh, basketball. I'm top three livest you ever seen. Top three lot? What? Livest. Really? Nah, I'm just Really? Livest? Nah, that's my favorite. Uh, that's my second favorite. Could you sport. dunk? Yeah, I can dunk. What kind of, uh, I guess, what kind of player were you? Were you like a two guard, a point guard? Uh, I was an all around player. Okay. I did everything, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't help but ask before we, you know, get into a little football talk. Tell me about uh, the hair. You got kind of you know, the red going on, red dye. Well, what's the, uh, what's the inspiration for that? Mm, myself. Yeah. You know, just being me. Uh, I always knew once I got my dress, I wanted to dye the tips. And I didn't want to, you know, I want to do something different. But nowadays, so many people have color in their hair that different is not different no more. But um, this is, I was feeling red at the time. I just went with it. Have you had any other colors before? Yeah, when I was uh, high school, I had like my hair was blue. I had orange. I had blonde. So this was something I hadn't done yet. Personally. All right. I mean, I know you said a lot of people color their hair, but like I haven't seen that much red out there. So I oh, think yeah, yeah. you might be unique in the Big Ten at least. <laughs> I haven't seen anyone else. We've been to every school. Uh, all right, Jay. Moving on to some some football now. You're coming off of all Big Ten honorable mention season. So a good season for you personally. You guys went to Indy. It's a good season for the team. Uh, one thing, like just looking at your stats as a team and as a defense, you guys are really good at forcing a lot of difficult third down situations for opposing teams. Um, and that was part of the reason that kind of set you guys apart, helped help get you guys to Indy. Is that like a specific strategy for you guys on, on defense? Like, do you want to, is there an emphasis on forcing third downs or is that, do you think, just a product of kind of playing solid defense and it, and it results in tough situations for opposing teams? Mm, I think it's just a product of just, you know, playing hard defense in this game, you know, that Coach Hank puts together. Um, and I think most defense would try to force their teams, you know, third downs, three and outs. Um, so, you know, I definitely think it's just a product of just 
working hard, you know, playing good defense and, um, you know, executing the scheme. Yeah, I was going to say, it speaks to, like, good coaching execution because whether, you know, that's, like, a plan you guys sit down with in advance and try to come up with, like, that makes a difference. Like, you, you look at your guys' team last year, you do a lot of things well, but a championship team does something very well usually, and that was kind of what set you guys apart. So, I mean, obviously like, a lot of credit goes to you on that front, uh, being a part of that unit. Um, earlier this week, the top 25 came out, the, the preseason top 25. It, it's you know, hard to put a lot of stock into those polls because no games have been played yet. Northwestern was not in the top 25. A team like Nebraska was, who, you know, they went 4-8 and eight last year. You guys in the same division, won the division. That's just an example that jumped out to me. Um, but I'm just curious as far as you guys go and you see something like that. Does that bother you guys or you, you personally not giving that recognition? Nah, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I don't think it bothers us at all. We know that we have to, you know, earn people's respect. And, you know, it makes it even better uh, in the long haul um, once you do earn their respect. So, you know, we see it all the time. There's nothing new to us. So. But but was it, like, brought up at all at least? Did you guys notice when it came out? Were you guys looking at the poll? Uh, I think everybody's seen it, yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, brought up in terms of, yeah, nah, nobody really. Not really tripping. We know we got to work regardless, even if we were in it. You know what I'm saying? So For sure. Um all right, speaking of last year, you guys went to Indy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just take me through that experience from your perspective as a player, you know, doing that as a program for the first time, and kind of the pomp and circumstance that went along with that. Um, were there any, you know, celebrity guests? I know at Northwestern there's a lot of famous alumni. Any interesting experiences? What, what kind of did you see and do uh, leading up to the game? Uh, I don't know about any celebrity guests. I mean, it was a great experience, probably one of the best experiences of my life. Um, you know, that environment was crazy. Uh, you know, shout out to all the fans. Shout out to the donor who, you know, donated those 50 buses for the students. That was amazing. We had a great turnout. Um, you know, obviously, to go our way, but, you know, we're trying to get back there, uh, you know, and have a different outcome. But, you know, yeah, that was a great experience. Um, you know, Indianapolis treated us well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know about any celebrity guests. The, like the reason I asked that is because we were at the bar the night before, Friday night, and I just look to my left and Seth Myers right there, like famous alumni. You know, he's got the – talk show late at night and big Northwestern fan. So he was, uh, you know, that was kind of cool to see him. And I know you guys have a lot of famous alumni, especially in the media too. Um, leading up to the game, did you guys uh, like do anything, I guess in the city, like walking through was it all straight business? Oh no, I think we only got there like the day before the game. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have any time to uh, do anything. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even know like do they take, if they even take teams there and do anything. Cause like, it's indie, you know, we're kind of used to it as a conference being there. It's not really um, like you're going to New York or anything like that where there's yeah. a lot of tourist things to do, and, and you guys got a game to play, so. Yeah, I think um, we were just in the hotel. Yeah, I was curious from that perspective. Um, all right, looking forward now to this season. I, I couldn't help but uh, laugh at Coach Fitzgerald's comments at Media Day. I don't know if you saw them about the uh, the cell phones and society and all that. It kind of went viral on social media. No, I didn't even see it. You didn't see it. So he basically was like saying how cell phones are kind of the downfall of society and like that's the reason that people don't want to go to college football games. Everyone's buried in their phones 24-7. That went viral? It went viral. It was like all over social media, yeah. Sure. And because people were like, yes, fits a spot on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, society's kind of going downhill because everyone's in their phones. I don't know. I don't expect you to speak on his comments, especially if you haven't seen it, but I want to know what you think. Like, you think... This generation's on their phones too much, on social media, and too wrapped up in it. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, and I'm, uh, I'm a, um, man, what was I about to say? Like, 
that speaks to me too. I, um, like I find myself, you know, on it too much. I know, like the, throughout the summer, um, like I would just delete the apps, delete my social media apps. So like when I went to my phone, I didn't have anything to go to. Um, and I recently like I uh, redownloaded them for like a few days when just to kind of you know relax, kind of have an outlet. But then like I'm getting back to business, so I delete those as well. Um, you know, I definitely think people are too consumed. Um, and it's hard, you know what I'm saying? I'm a culprit of it as well, but, um, you know, I think people should just, you know, I was raised kind of old school way, look up, you know what I'm saying? Look at the world, enjoy the world, you know, talk to people. Um, but yeah, it's definitely hard. Does Fitz know you deleted your apps? Like, would you have told him that? Nah, I mean, I don't have no reason to tell him that. <laughs> yeah, but. you might, uh, you might, I'm sure you're, you know, already in his good graces, might like you a little more than that. Fits exactly into what he was saying, like, as far as, uh, <laughs> as far as what he's looking for, I think, in, in society. Um, so you know, if you're able to plug unplug from social media, obviously that's that's a character trait that, uh, like you said, you're kind of raised with. What about um, what about anything else like outside of football? Like, are you into video games, like TV shows? What, what do you do for some hobbies outside of football? <laughs> well, right now I don't got time for hobbies, but uh, I mean I like video games. Uh, I play them occasionally. I don't play them too much just because like that's time I could be using to recover, do rehab, watch film. Um, but like maybe when it's off season so I'll play video games uh, I like playing basketball but I really get to do that anymore they got those nice courts out like behind have you seen those uh, it's like behind Outside. the facility yeah oh you, you talking about over there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. those are, uh, the those are nice courts. yeah yeah they're do you ever nice. play over there or where, where, do you, where do you hoop if you, uh, if you can uh, there's some new courts in here okay um, but I haven't gotten to hoop in like two years something like that oh okay yeah my like the thing is for me you know, I was a high school player, and then mm -hmm. I tried to play when I was in school, like intramural or mm -hmm. whatever. And I fell off just because, like, I didn't play that much. You yeah. know, so it's hard to, to keep at it, and, and I lose my handle. Like, if I, <laughs> I don't play, I don't know about you. Nah. <laughs> nah. You never, you never, you're still live out there. I'm live. I'm live. You gotta see me. <laughs> we play one on one. All right, uh, Jr. To, to wrap up, I ask every player that's at each stop, um, and other places it's a little different because we're not in those communities, right? Like. We kind of know um, here where to go because we're, we're in Chicago. But I ask everyone, what's the best place to eat on campus? And uh, have, have the players list a couple of their favorite spots. So where, where do you like to eat on campus? Where are some spots we need to check out? And, and honestly, here we'll be able to do it because, like I said, we're just down the road in Chicago. So let me know. Uh, on campus? Or just around town. I was about to say, like, downtown yeah. Everston. Um, you got, like, Blaze Pizza, mm -hmm. um, OMG, which is, like, Olive Mediterranean Grill. Uh, there's a new one some of my teammates just put me on. Uh, it's called, it's a chicken spot. Um, you know what it, it's like? Chicken wings? Nah, oh, yeah. no, it's Buffalo Joe's. Is it Buff Joe's? No, Buff Joe's yeah, is good too. Good no, 10Q. 10Q okay. chicken, that's okay. good. Get the fireball. Okay. That's good. Because I, I like Buff Joe's in Evanston. Um, Joe's like, is good. Some day, yeah, some, some days we'll like drive up to Evanston, mm -hmm. do the 30 minute drive or whatever, take some Buff Joe's back. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so good. But, uh, they have Uber East now. Ooh, for real? Yeah. Okay, might have to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, Blaze is like, that's I think it's LeBron's uh, yep. company, so yeah. I like Blaze. It's a good one, too. All right, JR. Appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you uh, kind of putting a bow on the bus tour for me. You're the last one. Uh, good luck this year. I'm excited to see you guys handle your business, like you said. Prove, uh, prove some of the, the haters wrong. And above all, just thanks for joining me today. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right, thanks again to JR, Oluwale, and Chauncey for joining me and for finishing off 
another great edition of the BTM Bus Tour and the podcast series. We've been able to, to kind of hitch our wagon um, along for the bus tour and along for that ride with the last few years. It's been a blast. Um, I say it over and over again on, on the podcast, but it's really cool that uh, I get to talk to a player at each stop. It's, it's great that the schools are so accommodating and getting that done. And it's fun getting to know some of these personalities because football, I feel like guys get buried kind of under that face mask, under that helmet. And on these rosters, like 100 plus guys, it's hard to you know, get to know some of the personalities. So hopefully I did a, a decent job exposing that and um, getting some of these guys out of their shells a little bit or, or uh, you know, at least giving them a microphone. And uh, I hope everyone out there enjoyed the uh, tour coverage from TV, digital, and podcast uh, arenas. So. Thanks to everyone out there for listening and following along. We'll have plenty more coming at you as football season gets underway. Uh, so definitely keep it locked with the Take 10 Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, SoundCloud, wherever. Um, just make sure you follow along. Thanks, as always, to Wes White and Julia Bronder for producing the show. And we'll talk to you very soon here on the Take 10 Podcast. <laughs>